This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 21 of the Animaniacast. Aha! You're entering another dimension. A dimension of sight and of sound. That signpost up ahead. Gettysburg. I don't think so. And how about this opening? I'm lanky. And frankly, this war has got me cranky. I'm proud to be a Yankee. How you doing, Gettysburg? And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. We are a podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series, The Animaniacs. Each and every episode, we talk about another episode in the order in which it was released. And we discuss all the gags, all the jokes, all the references, and some of our memories of watching the show when we first saw it and uh, what we think about it right now. I am Joey, and joining me once again, as always, is my brother Nathan. God bless America. <laughs> and all the way in the lovely state of Georgia is Kelly. Hello. We learned all about America today in this particular episode. And uh, this one is called The Flame. It has a bunch of different segments, so I'm going to run through them real quick. The Flame, Wacko's America, Davy Omelette, and four score and seven migraines ago. And Nathan, when was this episode premiered? Joey, this episode first premiered in the, the month of October. Uh-huh. It was 1993. Okay. And it was the 12th of October. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to, I'm starting to get a connection here of why the heck that they decided possibly to make this a, um, an episode that uh dealt with america do you guys have any idea what i'm thinking some like a holiday of some sort i'm pretty sure columbus dis- uh, reached the new world on october 12th 1492 i was gonna say 1942 <laughs> <laughs> 1992 <laughs> no in 1492 so uh this episode uh again uh, 1992 yeah so we're dealing with uh 501 years after uh the Columbus discovery. Wow. So there you go. Interesting, huh? Maybe that's the only connection I could think of why they would have talked yeah. about America so much in this one. Makes Maybe sense. that's the reason. Well, uh, what do you guys think about this episode today? Uh, just in a few words, uh, Nathan, what do you think? I love America now. <laughs> now this episode made you patriotic. Yeah, I'm that's fantastic. Super patriotic. Very cool. And Kelly, what about you? I listened to the. Wacko's America song when I study for Jeopardy. Ah, that's that is very. It helped me, I know, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is funny because they're kind of playing Jeopardy when he does it. So. That's true. It's kind of a variant on it, doesn't it? Well, anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that in uh, in just a little bit. But before we get started on this particular episode, we have to talk about one thing that's kind of weird. Uh, the episode has different. Uh, orders orders yeah. <laughs> over the years and no one really knows exactly why i have reached out to uh to tom ruger on twitter just to see like 
why that order was kind of changed, flipped around. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, depending on which Wikipedia that you go to, it it will tell you different things as well. Uh, Some people say that the flame was last and four score and seven migraines ago was first and, Mm -hmm. and, and vice versa and... It basically, you'll find different orders for this. We're going to go off of the order that it is right now on Netflix. Uh, but uh, That's sh- even out of episode order. So exactly. It's like, well, <laughs> they were really confusing us this time. But uh, we're going to talk about it in the order in which it's on Netflix right now, just for the record. Uh, but let's go ahead and get right over to our first Netflix segment, <laughs> which is The Flame. Now, The Flame was a story by Tom Ruger. It was written by Nicholas Hollander and Tom Ruger, and it was directed by Barry Caldwell. Um, Nathan, what could you basically tell us? What goes on in The Flame? Well, this is the first Flame cartoon. Yes. Uh, this is basically uh, Thomas Jefferson has lit a candle, and he uh, ends up writing the Declaration of Independence while The Flame uh, watches him and makes him... Funny, cute little comments, and uh, at the end, uh, John Hancock signs it, and it is official. And it's everyone wants to celebrate because it's Fourth of July. There you go. So. Yeah, and they, he stayed up all night, uh, you know, to write that with the flame right there. The flame, mm-hmm. first of all, a super cute, super cute yeah, little guy, it's a cutie. <laughs> Kelly, do you have any thoughts about the flame in general, or or this this cartoon? He sounds an awful lot like Skippy the Squirrel. He does. And <laughs> what's that about? You know, the reason for that is it's it's a actually his brother, Luke Ruger, uh plays the flame. And uh of course the uh Skippy was played by uh Nathan, Nathan Ruger. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, I actually thought like, is that Nathan Ruger again? Because he doesn't quite sound the same. But no, they're they're brothers. Uh, I, w- I will say this about Tom Ruger: he knew how to get his kids into show business. <laughs> Just throw them in there, and, and they sound they're I mean natural actors. His kids were great, you know, fantastic. Mm. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of Chip, a little bit from Beauty and the Beast, a little. Uh, cause, cause, I got that too. Yeah, just because he's little and he's he's just the way he talks and uh, I I just really it, it, he kind of got that little thing that he didn't even realize that he was a flame. <laughs> Is it hot in here? I definitely feel warm. Oh my gosh! There's a fire! 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 Ah! I'm on fire! Put it out! Put it out! Put it out! fire <laughs> imagine my embarrassment it kind of reminded me a little bit of um i can't and i can't really put my finger on it specifically which cartoons but it had a very me- merry melody-ish kind of uh, feel to it or silly symphony kind of feel to it I in some ways a little bit of fantasia yes with uh, the, when the flames were dancing and mm-hmm. it, it sounded a little like tchaikovsky but mm-hmm so I, I, it took me to Fantasia. Yeah, when they're doing that little dance, his evil cousins or his naughty cousins or whatever he calls them. Whoa! Mayday, mayday, we're going down! <gasps> huh? Uh-oh. 
guys, are you crazy? Knock it off! Uh, yeah, a cute cartoon right there. Nothing necessarily um, hilarious about this. In fact, when it ends, it just kind of ends with uh, little fireworks and it, like they listen yeah. to my idea of uh, putting the fourth, making it the Fourth of July. I, I thought the ending was funny that all the people were just waiting in the room for Thomas Jefferson to finish writing like all night. They're just sitting silently in the corner. And they signed it without even reading it. Yeah, they're like, oh, finally, whatever. John Hancock. Okay. I thought that was funny. Yeah, usually... Usually in like uh, musicals like 1776 or like in the in the miniseries John Adams, they make it a big deal about signing this document. And in this particular case, it's like, good, sign it. God, okay, let's go. go. Uh, let's do right. this. Whatever. <laughs> we could be hanged for this. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> so, yes. It, it, but, you know, it, it worked for the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I'd be curious to find out whether or not Thomas Jefferson actually wrote the the Declaration of Independence in that building. I always assume that he kind of wrote it at home and then hmm. uh, and then took it over there. But uh, but I d- I didn't have time to look that up, so I don't know. But I can I, I think I, I think we can assume that it probably wasn't written all in one night. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't write it alone, and it wasn't even in July. First draft there done. Was, yeah, but he was in the group that originally wrote it. it yeah, uh, wrote, wrote it. The, wrote it. That's correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, they created the declaration on June 11th, uh, right? So that is true. And it just it, well, it, took, it actually, from what I understood, actually took many days for them to yeah, all there was sign. Many it. revisions too, and mm-hmm. that well, back then it's like they they weren't necessarily all in the room at that time. It's the the forefathers, whatever you want to call them, would uh, kind of, I'd come in, I'm in town for that day, so I'm going to sign the Declaration of Independence, and then I'm going to go back to my city, mm-hmm. wherever that happens to be. So, it, it wasn't as dramatic as we see in paintings and uh, and and stuff like that. So Yeah, and of, and of course, John Hancock was the first to sign it, not the <clears throat> second to... Well, Thomas Jefferson? Jefferson? Jeff, no, he Thomas, was, yeah, it was John Hancock. And that's why John Hancock's so big, because he just like right. takes up the whole paper and everyone's like, okay. Thanks for stealing yeah. out of the space, John. Yeah, it's always that first person that signs it. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like that birthday card, you know? When yeah, you exactly. Go, you want to sign a birthday Pass card. It around and the- Dear Jimmy, you're the best person <laughs> in the world. And I just want to say that that time that we went, and I'm like, okay, happy, I'll happy take this little corner. Happy B Day, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> That. <laughs> I I particularly what I'll tell you one part I really liked. Um, it was just the general talking between the the flame and and Thomas Jefferson. Up there, are you crazy? It's dark up there. Got me out. I'm scared of the dark. If you're going up there, go alone. Hey, what are you doing? I told you I don't want to go. Turn around, will ya? Go back down. I don't want the darkness to get me. I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I'm... Huh? Hey, who turned on the lights? Oh, that's right. I did. But where'd the darkness go? Oh, ran down the stairs, huh? I see you hiding down there. I guess I showed you who's boss. No stupid old darkness is gonna scare me. Yeah, you're nothing but a big chicken. So cute stuff from the flame in general. Um, well, 
if we don't have anything else to say about this one, I think let's move straight on to our next one because the next song in particular, I know that we'll all have a little bit of reflections and stuff that we like about this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go straight on to the next one. Which is Wacko's America. Okay, well, Wacko's America is a, a song that uh, I believe it was uh, the turkey in the straw, although it says music traditional on my notes right here. But uh, I think it's turkey in the straw. It's the song that they play in Steamboat Willie, I believe. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, the the lyrics are by Randy Rogel. It was written by Randy Rogel and Tom Ruger, and it was directed by Rusty Mills and Ron Fleischer. And we all know this. This is basically the, the Warners are there with Miss Flamille. They, she decides to give them a pop quiz with a, a Jeopardy contest, sort of. Mm -hmm. She gives them a bunch of different, uh, uh, categories. Uh, Wacko gets the first one right. Yeah. She has made even more TV movies than Lindsay Wagner. Wacko? Who is Valerie Bertinelli? That is correct. Select again. Lindsay Wagner is the, I believe, the $6 million woman, I believe. And I don't know what else she was in. I uh, think they, well, I, I thought they called her the bio, bionic, bionic woman. Bionic woman. It That's was it. a $6 yeah. million dollar man. Yeah. You can tell I never watched the show. Yeah, it was, it was a, a little off of it. So. It was a little before my time. She was at Phoenix Comic Con. Some people, people were getting in line to go get their autographs. And uh, Valerie Bertinelli uh, was in just, I don't really know what she's from other than I would see her on TV, if, you know, quite often as a kid. And now um, she was on a sitcom and I'm blanking on it. <laughs> the, well, the, I remember when she, she was a teenager because yeah. it was already in reruns when I was a kid and I, I'm completely blanking on it well i'll look over i think she was also wasn't she also married to a oh like bon jovi or something he, oh or the guy one of the guys no i'm thinking of uh of uh somebody else valerie burton oh, van halen she that, was married to van halen okay well valerie bertinelli she was in uh let's see here one day, One day at a time. At a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, somebody's looking on Google. Yep. <laughs> Me and uh, you. Yep, exactly. Uh, and But what I know her now, yeah, Eddie Van Halen, that's who she was married to for a long time. And uh, But what I know her from, I think it's like she's in some Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig commercials now. Every now and then she'll, she'll do her thing on there. So Valerie Bertinelli, there's your obscure sort of reference <laughs> for today um well let's get right into the wacko's america song though yes. because that's the that's the really cool part wacko's america what do you guys think kelly now you know yakko's world you know the words to yakko's world yeah do you know all the words to wacko's america most like, of them most of it's, them it's not one i i made a really true effort to memorize but i i have listened to it a lot like i said i when I'm, I'm studying for Jeopardy and, and just want to refresh my, my knowledge of the capitals. And I like, and, and also where the states are, because some of the New England states are, yeah, I get them all mixed up. But, yes. uh, so it's it's helpful. And just like the President's song, I, I love that one too. So oh, I, mm -hmm. I listen to all those to kind of just jog my memory sometimes. Yeah, I, it, I will say that this song helped me out quite a bit in high school when, in uh, you know, you take your geography uh, 
questions and stuff, mm-hmm. and they show you the map, and there you basically have to put down the state capital in each one of the map. And I remember this being very helpful. Nathan, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, one? I remember middle school, I think eighth grade, we had, uh, like, throughout the year, it's like, you have to know at least 80 states and capitals, basically. Like, you have to know... 80 states? Well, you have to know, between between states and capitals, you have to get at least 80 right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you don't even need to necessarily know, like, if you knew the capital, you didn't have to know the state okay. kind of thing. So it was a weird test. That is a weird test. But it made the but song, you need to be I was able to like... Get- Awesome. So, so like, if you got a state and a capital, it's two points. You know, gotcha. Sweet. So, out of a hundred, it would be a hundred yeah. points for all of them. So, you were supposed to get at least eighty percent of it. Yeah, or you would fail or something. So gotcha. It was, it was weird. Gotcha. But this song really helped for that. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember that this song. I don't think this song was originally on the soundtrack, the first soundtrack. Um, I don't think. Let me just check real quick. It was on the one I had. That was a cassette. Yeah, because I remember this is what I remember from from this song. One of one of my memories from this song is um, there's the there was a I was in drama in high school and we had every year we go to the Arizona Arizona Thespian Conference and it was just an excuse to get a bunch of uh, teenagers in high school together just to act silly uh, for a few days and I think at one point they had like a a dance or something like it was you you know people got played different music from the late nineties. Well, mm. me, I had my Animaniac CD <laughs> for some reason <laughs> with me. I don't know why. Uh, I probably had my Discman with me, I'm guessing. And oh, back in the days before <laughs> MP3 players, that's why I had CDs with me is because that's if I wanted to listen to it, I had had my CD collection with me at all times. Yeah, now I'm remembering this. Well, anyway, at the dance, they they were like pulling people up to just like put in their own CDs to play music for the dance. So I went up there and I put in uh, Wacko's America. <laughs> and people, I remember, started singing along. People actually, they liked it. Again, I don't think this would work in any other audience. I don't think any <laughs> other audience than a bunch of drama nerds would really get into uh, Wacko's America in, in the 90s. But uh, the one part where he gives kind of a shout out to Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. because he kind of does that little pause, or, Phoenix, Arizona, and people went, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Because we were in Phoenix, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a cute song. I the only thing, if I were to criticize one small thing about this, would be uh, just the location is kind of hard to find. Kelly, you were mentioning some of the New New England states are mm-hmm. kind of get all jumbled up, and and uh, I think for some of that, uh, Wacko is actually pointing at the states. It doesn't necessarily show their, where their location is on the map. It just shows the state kind of by itself. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's just kind of pointing at it with a ruler. Uh, that would be the only kind of thing I would, if I had to change or suggest for, an, uh, you know, a change, if I was in the, in the writer's room or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would figure out a way for him to actually get to that state on the map somehow. Uh, although he is, ma- he would have to make some huge jumps perhaps yeah, <laughs> around the map. To- so maybe that did- just did not work. Well, whatever. That would have been my only little thing. that's like, if I'm nitpicking, but otherwise <laughs> a very good thing. It, like I said, it helps me out. It helped me out quite a bit. It continues to help me out whenever I go, what's the capital of that state? Cause it always 
happens every now and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you least expect it, that you need to know the capital of a state. And I just find myself kind of humming the song to myself. Well, now there's Google too, so. (laughs) No, no, Google. You can ask Siri. Well, I mean, I'm just saying you can Google the song and play it. Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, yeah. good episode. You know, not quite as good as uh, Yakko's. Yakko's World, I think, you know, most people yeah, agree to Yakko's that. Yeah, I think World won in our our poll. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, but still, a, but still a cool, cool song, and it's very helpful. I know it helped out to even kids at my school, and I turned them on to uh, the Animaniac songs, and boy, oh boy, did that, did those, those kids really love getting a song that could help them with the states. So, <laughs> continues to work today, which is awesome. All right, well, let's move on to our next segment, which is Davy, Davy Omelette. Davy Omelette was written by Deanna Oliver, directed by Rusty Mills. And basically the synopsis is that uh, Chicken Boo is posing as this character named Davy Omelette. And uh, he protects a, t- a little uh, group of pioneers from a bear or mm-hmm. a bar and uh, after they start dancing uh, to celebrate the fact that he scared the bar, the bear away the bar, the bar um, Chicken Boo's clothes fall off and then they go and he they all laugh he says someone laughed like a chicken <laughs> And they turn and they go, oh, he is a chicken. And they chase him off. Yeah. And no, the bear chases him off. Yeah, they call the bear back. Like, come, <laughs> they come on back, food. bear. <laughs> so a very kind of a cute segment right there. Poor Chicken Boo again. He can't he can't catch a break. Yeah. I mean, um, he was doing good work as a frontiersman. He was helping out. Ooh, did you see that? Davy Omelet grinned down a bar. Yeah. He just, he could scare off a bear just by grinning at it, see? which is, shows you the power of, of Chicken Boo. Uh, let's Shouldn't see, even Kelly, to... uh, Nathan, Nathan, what do you think about the just Chicken Boo segment? Uh, just, just like all the Chicken Boo segments, it's enjoyable and, uh, I end up feeling sorry for Chicken Boo, I guess, but I still laugh and yeah, just a lot of fun. <laughs> Kelly, what about you? I thought it was cute. I, I liked it when all the, the townspeople or, or, I don't know, whatever they they were, that they they kept saying, "I I hear tell that he he did this and he did that," and I just thought it was just cute. Davy Omelet, why well, I heard tell he wrestled a six ton bull moose to his knees and hung his long johns out to dry on its antlers. Davy Omelet, well I heard tell he roped a rabbit coyote with a bolt of lightning, tamed him, and told him to eat grass. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the. Did you ever watch any of the Disney Tall Tale things, like Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill and stuff as a kid? It Mm -hmm. it definitely reminded me a little bit of those kinds of things because I don't think there was much of a Tall Tale kind of thing going on with the Davy Crockett. Although this is referencing uh, the TV show uh, Mm -hmm. of Davy Crockett, which was produced by Disney. Mm -hmm. You know. Nathan, you know the the Davy Crockett song, right? Um, Davy, Davy Crockett, man of the wild frontier, something like King that. King of the wild frontier. Yeah, there it is. Uh, <laughs> I know the song, but I didn't ever watch the show. Yeah, well, the original show had uh, Fess Parker as Davy Crockett, 
Uh, Buddy Epson was the, his kind of buddy <laughs> on the show. Uh, they were definitely referencing it, not only with the song, but then mm-hmm. of course, uh, Chicken Boo was like uh, next to Davy Omelette and then it said in color on the bottom. Yeah, I like that. That was a nice little addition. <laughs> and I was like, how they, call- <laughs> I like how they called him Davy, Davy Omelette, mighty large frontiers man. <laughs> mighty large. <laughs> Because he really did. He was a very big chicken. Yeah. <laughs> over there. He's a giant chicken. <laughs> he really is. Um, and I guess the, even though I never really got into hysteria, uh, I guess the old woman right there, the old woman pioneer, she's actually uh, in the show Hysteria. So I got to check out Hysteria. Um, I know it's on DVD and, uh, you know, I got to check that out. Not only because it's continuation of Tom Ruger's work, uh, but uh, it's dealing about history and uh, even though the animaniacs aren't in it uh there's some of the li- the minor characters make appearances in it so i'll have to check it out one of these days so there we go yeah. and of course it has a another thing of uh rob paulson is doing another pat buttram voice which the oh i don't he's a giant chicken oh yeah so that 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 little voice is back once again Davy Omelette, I hear tell he's a chicken. <gasps> Them's lies you're telling, boy. You better stop spreading tall tales, mister. Go back east. He's a chicken, I tell you, a giant chicken. But overall, it, it, it's, it's a very good Chicken Booth segment. Uh, Frank Welker did quite a few different things. He did uh, Chicken Boo, and then he did also Chicken Boo's Companion, which I think... Again, I don't know the name of this the the um, character. He played the dad on Beverly Hillbillies and and stuff. So yeah, I think it, it might be uh, Buddy Epson. Yeah, Buddy Epson's character. I don't know yeah, what George Russell. I guess. Oh, there you go. Oh. It might have been him. I've seen some pictures where it kind of looks like he he doesn't have necessarily a beard, but he has kind of a, a stubble on his face and mm-hmm. and stuff. But Frank Wick- Welker did quite a few in this one. He did Chicken Boo, Chicken Boo's Companion, and the Bear, and the Narrator wow. on this one. So, uh, oh, actually, the Narrator in in the next one. So let's go ahead and talk about the next one right now, which is uh, Four Score and Seven Migraines Ago. Four Score and Seven Migraines Ago was a story that was written by Tom Ruger and Paul Rugg. It was written by Gordon Bresick, Charles M. Howell, the fourth, and Paul Rugg. And it was directed by Alfred Jimeno. And uh, Kelly, what could you basically tell us that happens in this cartoon? The Animaniacs meet abraham lincoln and he's on a train heading to gettysburg it's 1863 the civil war has been going on for about two years and he's working on his address and so they say well we all know what your address is it's 1600 pennsylvania avenue (laughs) (laughs) and which i thought was a cute little little joke and they uh they actually ask him to sign their autograph book next to Attila the Hun for contrast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's just really funny and cute. And uh but but the whole episode is um makes references to a lot of opening lines and famous speeches and and um also lines in Shakespeare plays uh sort of taking a spin on some of the words cuz I think what they I they said friends 
uh, anyway, it was a it was a reference to Julius Caesar. I can't remember exactly yes. what they said, but they paraphrased it. And uh, so it, it's just chock full of, of pop culture, literary references, history, and um, and it's cute. It's I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I think they also, what was the other ones they had uh, references to the Twilight Zone, like mm-hmm. as an intro that he could use, which didn't work. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, what I what I liked was when uh, Yakko started acting like Jimmy Stewart from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington mm-hmm. and say, well, yeah, 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 you gotta do that. Because <laughs> four score and seven years ago. We're counting on you, Abe. This speech is important. You, you have to heal this country and, and bring it together because... You might want to take notes on this. I'm on a roll. Because four score and seven years ago... Uh, that's 87 years ago, for those of you keeping score. Our fathers brought forth on this continent a, 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 a new nation c- conceived in liberty and, and dedicated to the proposition that, that all people should have a, a balanced diet, including ding-dongs and ho-hos and... Ho-hos? Yeah, feel free to change any of this. I saw Mr. Smith Goes to Washington one time in high school and uh, mm-hmm. and remembering liking it. Uh, I have not seen it since. <laughs> so I saw it. 20 years ago. Um, I'm a It's a Wonderful Life guy when it comes to uh, Jimmy, yeah, Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. I have to watch that movie at least once a year. So that was a, that was a, a cute little part right there. Um, what do you guys think? What are some moments right there that kind of stood out of this cartoon that you really liked? Any jokes? Stuff like that. Like uh, they sing uh, two songs, basically. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, and uh, I've been working on the railroad. Uh, <laughs> and... The Tiny Toons theme. And the Tiny Toons theme. <laughs> so it's like, it's a uh, chock full of content, I feel like. There's, and it's a uh, little, little educational, like uh, four score in seven years, 87 years. Well, yeah, keep that's score. 87 years ago. Yeah. Um, it also started off with a kind of dramatic uh, montage of stuff mm-hmm. uh, with the narrator, Frank Welker, I was just mentioning in the last segment, talking about... And, uh, Really just showing cannons firing and the soldiers. So showing kind of a seriousness of uh, the situation right there, of what Gettysburg is. Um, so I, I did kind of like that. It wasn't funny, but it looked cool. Um, Kelly, you, you, you know, growing up and living in Georgia, um, you're, you're much more like a... You, you see much more of the Civil War stuff, I think, than you have here in Arizona, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a... Uh... Um, a lot of uh, historical markers that mark, you know, where, where battles actually took place. And um, we've got, I was actually at Oakland Cemetery a couple weeks ago where they have this um, huge Civil War burial area. And because um, oh, wow. Oakland was about the only cemetery in Atlanta uh, during that time period. And so tons and tons of, of you know, people famous and otherwise are, are buried there, including Margaret Mitchell, who who wrote Gone with the Wind, and um, Bobby Jones, a really famous golfer, and uh, a lot of um, political figures and, and everything. And so uh, there's that, and, and it just it's kind of all over the place, uh, really. I live in an area not just a little south of Atlanta, and uh, where again, uh, there's a lot of markers and it's uh it's just a big part of history it's yeah. it's probably one of the most significant 
uh, moments in, in Georgian history because we mm-hmm. didn't do that much else. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it, it's the South or at least at least Georgia. We don't have that kind of rich history like the the New England area where, you know, it's like the birth of the country and, and things like that. And right. Everything got started. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I learned a lot about it growing up. And, right. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's you know fascinating to, to read up on. Yeah, the the Civil War actually did make its way all the way to Arizona. We we're about a, a, an hour away from the farthest west battle of the Civil War, I believe, which is the at, P- at Picacho Peak, which is <laughs> that's the only Civil War battle that uh, that I remember hearing about. It was towards the end of the Civil War, I believe. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. And most people <laughs> haven't. Most people I haven't go, even heard of it. So. Yeah, Ethan, <laughs> come on. But yeah, most people, I've, I've talked to people that go, the Civil War wasn't fought in Arizona. I'm like, yes, it was. No, bring up. A huge battle. It wasn't that big. It was a very important <laughs> battle. But yeah, that's one thing I, I, I noticed we're going into when we take like, school trips to uh, helping my mom's uh, class with uh, monitoring kids going to Washington, D.C. But and stuff is whenever we're in the in the eastern area of the United States, there's a civil war, uh, you know, reenactments going on quite a bit. It seems like almost depending on the, the time of year. Uh, you go to almost any kind of park, it seems like people are dressed up like Civil War people. <laughs> but here in Arizona, not as much. Yeah. There's some LARPing going on, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what are some, I, I thought it was kind of funny when you did mention the Attila the Hun thing. I was like, well, the Animaniacs are going time traveling, apparently, is what's going on. <laughs> well, of course they have. We've seen them in all sorts of time zones. So. <laughs> oh, we just found out a secret. Time travel. I got all the time I want. I got a time machine. <laughs> all that wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. <laughs> but uh, and then, and then of course the name of the book I think was like the people who have beards autograph book. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, overall, a, a, a cute uh, thing. I thought the voice of Lincoln. I couldn't quite p- place. The, the voice was like, I'm Abraham Lincoln, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I think that I heard that Abraham Lincoln's voice was not that deep. Um, my biggest exposure to Abraham Lincoln is probably going to Disneyland and seeing the animatronic Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. uh, talking. And, uh, and I've never, I've yet to see Spielberg's Lincoln. Oh, <gasps> that was really good. Yeah, I need to see it. Like I am disappointed. Disappointed. It's really good. Yeah, I need to see it. So there you go. There is a so there is a Spielberg connection in there. It it actually is amazingly good. I it's slow. It's it's and slow in this situation doesn't equate to boring. But right. compared to a lot of his his films, it is it's very slow. But it's uh, beautifully. Uh, the cinematography is amazing in it, and it's it's just well done i i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. well it's a movie that also spielberg wanted to make i know for a long long time i I believe as well Uh, i think liam neeson at one point was even going to play abraham lincoln i think you're right yeah Yeah. it was it i remember it was just a movie that spielberg always wanted to make he always wanted to make his lincoln movie and eventually was given that chance so for a while, maybe he thought Animaniacs was going to be the closest he was ever going to get. <laughs> as close as we get. <laughs> but uh, it, it also it, it ended. This particular cartoon ended on 
just like the flame, mm-hmm. a very kind of, in fact, I would say this one even ended on a more serious note or, you know, not silly at yeah. all than the flame. The flame kind of ended with like, oh, yeah, fireworks. And, um, and then this one ended just with the Getty Burgers. Yeah. And uh, it was nice. It was got the historic stuff right there. But I guess when it comes down to it is I've heard some I've seen, I've seen things online saying that the flame and uh Four score and seven migraines ago mm-hmm. were originally flipped, right? Yeah. So which uh, that or I mean they've been moved around. They've been moved around on DVDs. So my and- question is, does this work? Does four score and seven migraines work where it is right now, or would it have worked better at the beginning of this episode? I, I think they would need. I think they need a uh, a nose re-entering scene. Because they escape from Lincoln's nose from like a plane. <laughs> That's right. We forgot about that. And they need to they need to re-enter the nose <laughs> well, somehow. Ralph needs to chase them back up the nose. That is, that's true. There was a big there was a chase segment in there, wasn't there, with Mount Rushmore <laughs> as well, uh, of going out for Lincoln's nose. So maybe going back into it. But no, I'm talking about not <laughs> well, this one. Not I'm talking about four score and seven migraines ago. Would it have worked better at the at the beginning, or is it fine where it is right now? I like it at the end, but yeah, Kelly, what do you think? Is it is the order good right now? Is what we got, or is you know would it have worked better someplace somehow differently? I think uh, the Wacko song would have worked better at the end. Ah, well, that'd be good. That I, that's I, a nice closer. I agree. I agree. It, it just seems like it just needed a little bit of a silliness. Uh, for it, for it, uh, somewhere. yeah. If they did the like, that'd be like a wackarati basically, do yeah. like a song at the end and, and kind of wrap up the entire th- yeah. story about so the United do States. Davy Crockett in between flame and okay, yeah. And then I, I agree, I totally agree. I, yep, okay, there we go. Let's get another All special right. edition. Yeah, we need to let's re- change the order one more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, before we uh go to our water tower reviews and everything like that, we have actually. Uh, a review here from one of our listeners. Hello, my name is Whoa, Curtis. Okay, Curtis, hang on just one second. Wait, Curtis, whoa. Curtis, stop talking for a second. Jeez, Curtis. It's kind of rude. I know. I'm sorry, everybody. And we got to <laughs> stop letting Curtis do this if he's just going to interrupt us. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, Curtis Finley and his sons come on one more time. And, of course, we encourage Curtis to continue his journey through Animaniacs and uh, share his, his children's uh, opinion about the, the show. But they saw this episode and uh, sent in their thoughts. So without any further ado, here's Curtis and his kids. Hello, my name is Curtis. My name's Peter. My name is Milo. And we're going to talk about this episode of Animaniacs that is all about the beginning of the United States of America. And now, we're from Canada, right? We live in Vancouver, so we don't know a whole lot about American history. Like this. It's not something that you really learn in school. Um, so did you uh, learn anything in this episode? Well, that is ca- talking about all of the countries, right? All of the, <laughs> the states, you mean? Yeah, all are, of the states. Are you talking about the song that Wacko sings? Yeah. What do you think about that song? It was really funny. What were the funny parts on that song? Do you remember any? That yeah. he got into the thing. And he was playing a violin. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the one where Yakko sings about all all of the n- nations in the world? Yeah. 
which song do you like better? The one that Yakko sings or the one that Wacko sings? Both. Yattos. You like both of them? Yatto. Yatto. I like Yatto. Okay, you like I the one with Yakko? I think I like the one with Yakko better as well. I like both. The first cartoon is about a flame. Do you remember yeah. that one? Did you like it? Uh-huh. What did you like about that one? Because this flame is really cute. <laughs> Milo, did you like the flame? <laughs> what did you like about the flame? That it glows in the Um, And then the third one... It's called... about a chicken. <laughs> what? That's not a chicken. Yes? No, he's not a chicken. You're yes, crazy. He <laughs> yes, he really is. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. Giant chicken. Was this a funny episode? It's actually a chicken. <laughs> Do you remember what the chicken's name is? I Davy. Davy the Donald. Davy the Donald? <laughs> <laughs> Davy Omelet. The last cartoon mm-hmm. is called Four Score and Seven Migraines Ago, and they meet the president Abraham Lincoln. He's on a train. Do you remember this episode? Okay. What was what was so funny about this one? That they they're pretending to do um, the like the tiny tunes. Yeah, they were pretending to do the Tiny Toons song. Yeah. That was pretty funny, hey? Because we watch Tiny Toons as well, don't we? Yeah. So what was your favorite cartoon out of all four of the ones in this episode? Was it The Flame, Wackles America, Davy Omelette, Davey, wait, or no. Four Score and Seven Migraines Ago? Four Score and Five Migraines Ago. <laughs> no, why? I agree with Peter. And why was that one your favorite? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's their favorite because they actually understood one of the uh, pop culture references. <laughs> so that's good. Excellent. So thanks for your review, guys. Let's say, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Those kids are probably the cutest things in the world i'm thinking yeah in three minutes again <laughs> they're doing it great they do it much better than we do yeah. which um, that I'm, was so cute i know that and i'm so glad curtis is probably going to get in my opinion dad of the year award because he's not only showing his kids animaniacs but also tiny tunes mm-hmm. i mean those kids say when those kids were singing the tiny tune song i'm like omg like, I haven't heard little kids sing that song in the longest time. So cute. So, Curtis, thank you once again, uh, and, and your sons for that wonderful, what is his son's name here? It's, it's, it's Peter and Milo, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Peter and Milo. Thank you, Peter, and thank you, Milo. You guys are awesome, and keep watching Animaniacs and let us know what you think. All right, well, I think we can get right over to our water tower rating, guys. Let's start with Kelly. Kelly, what do you think? On a scale of one to five, what would you give this episode? This one's tough. Um, I think uh, I'll, I'll go with three and a half. Three and a half. And- yeah, and that's mostly for the uh, uh, states and capital song because uh-huh. I really like that. And um, but I'll give it a three and a half. All right, and Nathan, what do you think? I think I'm gonna go for a five. 
Five. Because I I found so much educational stuff, and I enjoyed Wacko's uh, song so much, and yeah, I I I, I thought it had uh, a good amount of education and uh, peppered him with some humor. So very cool, and uh, I'll give it. Uh, I'm gonna go with three and a half as well. Uh, it could have been a little funnier, but uh, it was still a really good episode. Um. I would definitely rewatch it. I would probably skip to the four score and seven migraines ago, perhaps if I were to pick one segment out of this. Although I really did like the chicken boo, uh, one. Mm-hmm. I, ju- I really did think that was cute and just seeing him dance and, and stuff. I thought was really, um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> just like, so chicken boo is, uh, especially funny in this one. Uh, poor guy. But anyway. <laughs> Let's uh let's go ahead and go to our poll results though. So take it away, announcer. Hello there, this is your announcer, being chased by a very weird looking man with horns on his head. Uh here with your Animaniacast Twitter poll results from last week. Listeners were asked, which of these cold openings is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag Animaniacast poll. 11% said The Flipper Parody. 15% said Gilligan's Island Parody. 33% said it was the Alfred Hitchcock Parody. But unfortunately for Nathan, 41% said it was Newsreel of the Stars. Oh, my favorite segment in the world. In fact, I just turn off Animaniacs after that because I love it so much. Well, with that, oh, my goodness, there's Molaram right now. Okay, Molaram, prepare to meet Kali in the place down there. I'll just get my pair of scissors here and cut this rope. Cut, 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 cut. <gasps> there we are, he's gone. And now back to the studio with the new question for this week. Okay, well, let's go to our Twitter poll question for this week. Uh, so far, we've had many different endings uh, for the Animaniacs right before they pop out of the tower one last time uh, after the credits. So I picked four that oh. I thought were kind of cool. <laughs> uh, today's one was Chow America, which I thought was kind of cool. And some mm-hmm. previous ones were like Cowabunga, which I thought was kind of less cool um <laughs> and then we've had some longer ones too like you know I, I can't think of a way to end i can't think of anything else um so i couldn't really yeah, fit, can't that fit that in, in no. the... so what i did was i picked four that i believe will fit into twitter's we'll find <laughs> out all things so the first one is clap on clap off clap on clap off show's over and mm-hmm. i'm a reference of course to the clapper uh which you can still buy coming up for Christmas, everybody. Oh, boy. Um, but uh, so is it clap on, clap off, show's over? Is it lather, rinse, repeat? Is it flummeal or goodbye, nurse? So there you Classic. go. Classic. All right. Classic. So go ahead and just tell us, what do you think? Which one of those endings is the best, in your opinion? Head on over to twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll, and you will be able to make your voice heard, which uh, this is even more important than the upcoming election. Right, folks? 
That's right. Not really. I, okay. <laughs> so if you can only vote on one thing. No. <laughs> Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, before we move on, I think we need to do one more thing, which is a plug for our contest. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that we have a big collection of vinyl decals. Oh, I thought you were in like CDs and records. Or no, something. <laughs> <laughs> although I do have records. a lot of CDs. Like you want to, if you want to stop by my house and, and just—I mean, we have a big collection. It's not—it's not coming to you, but we have a big collection. <laughs> we do have a big collection, but we're giving away vinyl decals. And in order to give, get, or at least have a possibility of getting those decals, simply go over to iTunes and leave us a positive five-star review on iTunes for the Animaniacast. And uh, you will be in the running. We have decals of Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, Pinky in the Brain, and uh, let's see, also a Put a Brain in the White House decal. Ooh, they perfect. all look pretty darn cool. And uh, you know, I'll post a picture of them on uh, on Facebook and Twitter just so you can get an idea of what those look like. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get over to our contact information. Let's start with Kelly this time. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you if they like to say hi? They can contact me at Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. And Nathan, what about you? Django FT, Django Fit. Django Fit. Django Fit. Okay. It's for Django Fit. Okay. I uh, repainted, as you heard last week. I... Good. It looks it looks terrible though. No, yeah, it's I just dipped it in the paint, but okay, yeah, I'm not a painter. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it just painted one color blue. Yeah, all right, well, good job, Nathan. The Django Fett. You're not a very good customizer, but I'll hey, it to you. all right. Now resale value is through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, of course you can get in contact with us with at uh, animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap. You can head on over to retrozap.com. You can head on over to retrozap.com to see a full listings of articles and podcasts and awesome, amazing stuff over at retrozap.com. Check it out. Well, with that, I think we are done for this very patriotic episode. I think we've all been given a reason to go out there and uh, vote in this upcoming presidential election, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Right? We all feel go. like good Americans now. We're going to stand outside the polls. Good. <laughs> to get in line right now. <laughs> yeah. And with that, uh, for this, for the Animaniacast. Yes, that's how we're going to say For the Animaniacast. This is Joey. And for Nathan and Kelly, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Do you mind if I call you Abe? No. Do you mind if I call you Timmy? Yes. How about Diane? Uh, Abe.